0: The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row Countdown to kickoff, and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raleigh NC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season.
1: On December 27th, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware.
0: You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Friday, July 28th. I'm Donald Ware. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's
1: Friday.
0: Hope you've enjoyed the HBCU Football Daily Podcast in week one as we take a look, uh, mostly preview this week, the HBCU football season. And with that being said, just a week ago, I was in Norfolk. For the MEAC Media Day. It had been since 2019 since I had been to the MEAC Media Day. And it was just again, um, much like the SWAC, some good camaraderie with uh, some fellow uh, uh, media members. We had a chance to catch up with Charlie, the legendary Charlie Neal, talk with him a little bit. Uh, Dr. Kaville, Mark Gray. And, uh, and many others, and just seeing some of the sports information directors that I hadn't uh, seen in quite some time. Uh, it just felt really, really good to be back at MEAC Media Day. Now, of course, when you think about MEAC Media Day, and I talked about the SWAC and its media day, I mean, there's not as many media members uh, in Norfolk uh, covering the respective schools. There are six MEAC teams, nonetheless, Still a lot of information to be gotten from the six coaches and the uh, two players for each institution. And so uh, it was a really good time. As a matter of fact, things kicked off with the, uh, the MEAC, uh men's empowerment breakfast. The speaker there was Antoine Buffet, who played his collegiate ball at Howard and played 13 seasons in the National Football League. Mostly with the Indianapolis Colts, who originally drafted him in 2006 uh, in the sixth round out of Howard. He also played with the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants. And a, a quick, uh, quick story. I, I think w- when Antoine spoke, I mean, he had a lot of really great things to say uh, to the. And the players uh, were listening intently. As a matter of fact, afterwards. Um, sometime afterwards i mean everybody wanted to take a photo with him after all he's a three-time pro bowler super Bowl champion in his first year uh, up until maybe 10 or 11 seasons in every game he played in which he played i mean he only had, he had one season where he really got injured but for the most part he, uh, he 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 in every game he played in he started for about first 10 11 seasons of his career so just an absolutely phenomenal career um he came on box to row back in 2006 two weeks before the NFL draft as a matter of fact that year that was the first year that we uh we had as guests players that had an opportunity to be drafted into the National Football League and I think that year there were three players from HBCUs may have been more but three that I can think about uh, and as a matter of fact, no, not only was it Antoine but they it was uh, Tavares Jackson, rest in peace Tavares Jackson, who was drafted in the third round by the Minnesota Vikings, of course, went on to uh, win a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, there was Jason Hatcher who was drafted, mm, can't remember the round, second, third or fourth round uh, by the Cowboys out of Grambling and uh, went on to have a very nice career with the Cowboys and then in the in the then-Washington Redskins. And uh, there was Bruce Eugene. You talk about one of the great quarterbacks, not only in HBCU history, uh, but, but from a prolific standpoint also, one of the great quarterbacks in Division I AA or FCS history as, well, talk with all of those guys um, that, yeah, I think Antoine was first up and so over the years really had a chance um, to catch up with Anthony, you know, mostly always come on Box to Row. We would talk. As a matter of fact, I can remember his first year in the league. Again, a starter playing the strong safety position, and um, I, I covered I covered the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Forty One. Uh, it was in Miami, so we were there the whole week. Did the did Box to Row on Radio Row? It was absolutely fantastic and. Uh, really had a chance to cover the Colts because the Colts had three HBCU players, uh, Antoine Bethea, Robert Mathis, one of the greats of all time. As a matter of fact, um, in ranking the top, um, I had a chance for uh, USA Today asked me back in 2019 to rank the top 100 National Football League players who played at HBCUs and Certainly Antoine was on my list uh, of the top 100. So was Robert Mathis for that uh, matter. But then also Nick Harper, who played. Uh, so uh, you think about Mathis. He played at Alabama a and when Alabama a and was in the SIAC. Uh, covered him uh, during that time, uh, the Super Bowl with the Colts. And then also uh, Nick Harper, who played at Fort Valley State as well, with the Colts winning the Super Bowl 41 Uh, that year so that was a great time and as a matter of fact also Leslie Frazier because remember Tony Dungy was the head coach Leslie Frazier was also I think assistant head coach but defensive coordinator uh, for that squad he went on to of course become um, a head coach or the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings for many many years so it was great to be able to cover um all of those gentlemen, and, and particularly Antoine, that year had a lot of great things to say at the empowerment breakfast. Doing a lot in the community, and that's one of the questions he asked: "What are you? What are you doing? What are you going to do in the community um, to um, uh, to help those that are really in need?" And that's something that he certainly is doing. When you look at the Miac for the 2023 season, and one of the things we're going to talk about on the Weekend Edition of Box to Row, what's the better conference in terms of football on the field, whether it's not just this past season, but maybe over a five or six year period? Uh, Is it the MIAC or the SWAC? That's one of the questions we're going to ask and talk about on the weekend edition of Box to Row, which can be heard on a radio station near you as well as on uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, Sirius XM Channel 84, College Sports, uh, Sirius XM. Uh, that's channel 84, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And then also uh, tomorrow, Sirius XM channel 142, the HBCU channel, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time as well. Then again, on a radio station near you, you can log on to boxtero.com to find a radio station in your area that carries the program. Without question, North Carolina Central picked to win the MIAC. There's no surprise there. Uh, you have an Eagle team that's got Davius Richard, arguably last year the best all-around quarterback in HBCU football. He's one of the best quarterbacks in FCS. We, was responsible for 40 touchdowns last year, 40 of them. I believe offhand it was either 24, I think it was 24 uh, passing and then 16 rushing, and he had a really, really good celebration bowl um, as well. On the other side of the football for North Carolina Central, Khalil Baker, one of the best in FCS in terms of defensive back. So you've got those two gentlemen coming back. I think that's absolutely big time for North Carolina Central in the defense of its MIAC and HBCU National Championship. And they've got some other people. Now, North Carolina Central lost some pieces, and if you've if you had a chance uh, on Monday to check out the HBCU football daily podcast, we did a replay of the conversation or part uh, a replay of the conversation we had with Trey Oliver back uh, a couple of weeks ago from our countdown to kickoff. And we, we talked, he talked about the transfer portal and not being uh, a fan of the transfer portal. He lost a couple of guys, a couple of really big players to the transfer portal that said he's got um, a good offensive line coming back. Good defensive line coming back. It's going to be a good team there uh, in Durham. You know, I'm going to say this. Um, I like North Carolina Central to repeat. Um, much like I thought last year coming off of the 2021 season. You know, I, I, I thought that the MEAC would be much improved um, last year. And, um It, 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 that, you know, it, you know, as I think back, I mean, South Carolina state definitely took a step back last year. We'll talk more about that. Norfolk state, I thought took a step back as well. We'll talk more about that. Delaware state didn't play up to what I thought Delaware state would be in 2022. Howard, I think took a step forward last year. um, And Morgan took a step forward last year. Uh, as well so I really expect the Miac as a whole uh, to take a step forward because uh, listen Central's going to be good now the Eagles can't be complacent I think that's what happened a little bit uh, to South Carolina State on last year because yeah basically everybody coming back from the previous year yet the Bulldogs only won uh, three football games coming off an HBCU National Championship Um, I think Howard I'm going to talk more about Howard I think Howard's going to be Improved uh, even more so than last year. Uh, Morgan State definitely is going to be improved. I don't think Norfolk State's only going to win two games. We'll see about Delaware State, but you got Lee Hall there, who last when he was in the MIAC was having some success as the head coach at Morgan State before he went off to the National Football League. So I think the MIAC as a whole is going to be improved. My dark horse, I, my dark horse is Howard. My dark horse is Howard um, this year. Uh, in terms of possibly winning the MIAC. now I, I think the Eagles are going to win, but I, I like Howard. Uh, I know last year it didn't sit necessarily well uh, with uh, NCCU that Howard was named um, Co-Mi'ak champs, and I'm you know I'm glad the MIAC's sort of getting rid of that rule because just because both teams have the same amount of uh, wins and losses, you know shouldn't constitute. A co-championship, particularly if last year the two teams played, North Carolina Central beat Howard head to head. That said, I think when you have Quentin Williams coming back um, as the quarterback, he's he 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 really took a step forward last year from 2021. Uh, and this is the, I think I think last year is what the expectation of Quentin Williams had been. For quite some time and I think he can he's not going to do anything uh, but get better in 2023 on the other side you've got a Kenny Gallup who's really really good uh, in the defensive backfield Um, you know you've also got a Casey Hawthorne uh, at wide receiver you've got a Brennan Brown um, at tight end you know the offensive line I think it's going to be solid as well defensively I think the Bison going to be good uh, as well there so I, I, I Howard as a dark horse, um, you know I like the Eagles to win, but I think Howard's going to be really, really good um, as well, based upon the players uh, that I named also. And then you know I look at a team like a Morgan State with Damon Wilson in his second season, had a lot of success at Bowie State. I think four wins last year was uh, considering. And 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 listen, uh, Morgan State had Alonzo Graham. Uh, as the running back, he was uh, a, 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 a a huge and integral part of that Morgan State defense. Um, you look at the quarterback in, uh, in Carson Baker got hurt last year. He was having a decent season, got hurt second year in the offense. They expect big things uh, from him uh, on this year, uh, but that's a big loss. Of course, Alonzo Graham signing a contract actually uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so now he's uh, a stealer so that's a that's a big loss um no doubt about it um but they're expecting uh you know a jabril johnson running back they like it, it should have been it, it, it was uh destined to be a one-two uh, combination and then alonzo graham just went to another level uh, as you can see by him being um, not drafted but of course signing uh a uh what it, i think he signed what was it a three-year a uh, little bit uh, almost three million dollar deal um With the uh, with Morgan State, Uh, so they you know he just really emerged and was really you know the offense. Uh, You know Carson Baker, they expect improvement from him. He's got a couple of receivers and Andre Crawley and Damon Hambler. They combined for uh, forty-seven receptions for close to six hundred yards last year and four touchdowns. So they're expecting uh, that. But I think where the Bears are going to make the real impact is defensively. And we saw where the Bears had some impact. Elijah Williams, defensive tackling, 19 tackles for loss last year eight sacks. I mean, he's going to be right there on that defensive line. I think the defensive line is going to be really, really good. Um, the Bears were number one in the Miac in terms of sacks with 29 and in terms of uh, points given up per game at 20. But the numbers everywhere else were not good. Well, I think that's going to be much, much improved on this year linebacker Lawrence Richardson's a first team all miac preseason guy uh, defensive back uh, JV on Morton in the in the defensive secondary as well I think the Bears are going to be really really strong on the defensive side of the football then from a special teams perspective you've got an HBCU All-American and Keith Richardson um, that's a returning as kick returner uh, more so had two touchdowns on kick return so You know, I think Morgan's going to be improved um, this year as well. I I think South Carolina State refocuses uh, this year, got most of the team uh, coming back from 2021 that won or a good a good part. I mean, you know, Shaq Davis, not so much, but 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 a good part of the team that really played well uh, in 2000 or played well really down the stretch and then won that HBCU National Championship um, returning as well. Uh, Godbolt in green on your defensive ends yeah they lose a B.J. Davis but uh, as good a player as he was I mean South Carolina State really keeps linebackers they keep good defensive they, they keep good uh, mostly I would say in the defensive secondary always going to be good in the defensive secondary I mean if you look in the National Football League I mean you can make an argument the two top HBCU players in the National Football League both out of South Carolina State and Javon Hargrave, who just signed a massive deal uh, to come from the Eagles to now San Francisco. That's going to bolster that defensive line, which was already pretty good anyway. Uh, And then you look at um, the maniac, Shaq Leonard, um, who uh, is coming off injury, but arguably the the two best HBCU players. Both came out of South Carolina State, and, and Leonard specifically, linebacker right but sort of sort of uh, can run you know like a linebacker that can run and keep up with you know keep up with running backs and you know big enough to be able to bring down and to be able to check a tight end as well and just in that defensive on that defensive side of the football I mean you're talking about a South Carolina State team that's generally generally good across the board so even though Davis is lost Um, the Bulldogs feel good uh, about the defense as a whole and at that linebacking core. You got to figure that Norfolk state's going to be better um, this year as well. Chris, uh, I mean, Otto Coons returns as the quarterback, but it's not out of the question that uh, Norfolk state could use a two quarterback system, which it did uh, from time to time on last year as well. You know, I was surprised uh, and and going, going back to uh, Morgan's uh, to, um, Speaking of actually of of Norfolk State, J.J. Davis didn't get a lot of touches. Now, remember, he was coming off a really good season in 2021 and a really special season back in 2019 before the pandemic. And uh, he's now signed with Morgan State. So that's going to boost Morgan State's backfield as well. But um, Norfolk feels good uh, about Jordan Lennon and uh, Kavon King combined to rush. For close to 700 yards and four touchdowns on last year, um, so I think Norfolk not not going to be worse than it was last year. Delaware State had I think a solid season last year, lost some guys, right? But Lee Hull comes in; he's back in the Miac. You know, we'll see what happens um, with Delaware State, and if Delaware State can in fact be improved um, in uh, 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 or take that take another step or that next step, because I thought Delaware State. Delaware State sort of folded a little bit at the end um, because they the, the Hornets started out really, really good last year and just couldn't get it done. I mean, uh, you know, just needed to win a few more games down the stretch, couldn't get it done, and it kept the door open for Central because if you remember at the time, Central had a – it was a big loss um, to Norfolk State. It's a big loss – excuse me, to uh, Howard. It's only loss in the MEAC. Uh, excuse me, not to Howard, South Carolina State, to South Carolina State. Um, It was a big loss, and it it just left the door open. But ultimately, um, the Eagles held on to get the MEAC championship. So that's a look at the MEAC. I I, I think uh, I said that the MEAC would be improved. I think it will, in fact, be improved um, this year uh, in 2023. So those are my thoughts on the MEAC this year as we wrap up this week's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. As always, as always, we want you to tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. If, you, if you're if you not a subscriber to the Box to Row YouTube page, where not only we have this great HBCU Football Daily Podcast Monday through Friday uh, here uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, as well as on Box to Row.com and iHeartMedia.com, we've got other great conversations um, on the Box to Row YouTube channel. So check us out. Um, Don't forget about the weekend edition of Box to Roll, which can be heard on a radio station uh, near you, as I mentioned, as well as tonight, Sirius XM Channel 84, that's 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And tomorrow, Sirius XM Channel 142, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, and 6 Pacific Time. Have a wonderful weekend. And I'll talk with you on...